The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Natalia Abrams. I'm the president here at the Student Debt Crisis Center, and this is our monthly Student Debt Crisis Center takeover for the Leslie Marshall Show. Always happy to be here, and as always, we have a ton to discuss. We are going to talk about upcoming, uh, not upcoming, excuse me, the complex return to repayment, important upcoming deadlines, and we're going to cover some of the most frequently asked questions for borrowers. Plus, we have a really uh, important special guest that has been a great partner to Student Debt Crisis Center, uh, Stafford Taylor with Young Invincibles, and we'll get into that shortly. But I am joined today by Sabrina Calazans, our Managing Director at Student Debt Crisis Center. How's it going, Sabrina? It's going well. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here on the Leslie Marshall Takeover. Thank you. Yes, always happy to, uh, you know, as we were saying before the show, bring our conversations, you know, our morning conversations to the masses as much as we can, especially to get the word out about student loan debt. Um, And just a reminder for folks out there at Student Debt Crisis Center, we believe that by centering the needs and voices of borrowers, By partnering with allies, we will impact public policy once and for all to end this student debt crisis. If you want to learn more about the work we do at Student Debt Crisis Center or read through borrower stories, which I highly suggest, it's uh, really impactful to see how folks are dealing with the hardship of student debt. Um, Visit our website at studentdebtcrisis.org. Or you can find us on social media channels, all channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at debtcrisis.org. All right, let's get into it, Sabrina. (laughs) You know, so what has been going on since, you know, we do this monthly, so in the last month? Um, A lot has happened in the last month. Um, I know last time we talked about um, the Rocky return to repayment. In March, it will hit six months since payments have been turned back on. Um, For millions of folks, we know that between March 2020 and October 2023, payments were suspended for most borrowers. And so it's been six months since almost, and folks have been struggling. Um, We will talk about um, some of the work that we're doing and what we're trying to gauge from borrowers over the past couple of weeks. Um, But we have seen things like, you know, the Department of Education withholding payment to servicers. There have been a lot of servicing issues that have been taking place over the past couple of months. We saw um, Mohila, Nelnet, you know, just to name a few, there have been struggles that folks have been encountering with that. There have been positives as well, such as an announcement for low balance borrowers. We're going to get into the specifics of that, but there is more debt cancellation on the way, which is always welcome news to us. Um, that is our goal to end the student debt crisis and to cancel student debt. So we can, you know, be more happy about that. And then there's also a really important deadline that folks have to keep in mind that we have discussed on previous shows, but would love to just bring it up really quickly that there is a deadline to safely consolidate and maximize your payment credits. The original deadline was December 31st of 2023. It has been extended until April 30th of 2024. So we are encouraging folks to 
make sure that if they have to consolidate, if they need to take action, they should do so before this date, preferably now, sooner rather than later to ensure that you're safe. I think it's so important, Sabrina, that you mentioned that consolidation deadline. That's really important. And especially, well, for any borrower that has like an older loan, but older borrowers, if you have been hearing about these, you know, 5 billion or 10 billion, you know, billions of dollars of debt being canceled, and you're wondering who those people are. A lot of them are folks that have been in repayment for 20 years or more. So we heard, you know, there was a Bloomberg report last year that said the youngest borrower, I think, is 41, 42 years old um, that are getting full relief. Now, everyone's getting some relief because of all of the servicing errors we've encountered for decades with student loans. This isn't a new thing that we're seeing. And there has been this one-time account, one-time IDR account adjustment, which I know is a mouthful. The great thing is you don't have to do anything to take advantage of it if you have a newer direct loan or you have an education-held loan. But if you're unsure, you can consolidate and not lose any past time on repayment programs or public service loan forgiveness. And then that way they'll know to count you as part of the adjustment. And we're seeing more rounds of the adjustment take place until July. So it's not over yet either. It could just be that you have this older... older unconsolidated loan and it's not you know popping up in the system as you as somebody that should have all your debt canceled um, or have most of your debt you know a lot of folks we're talking to are getting you know now instead of three years more of repayment they have three months or instead of you know eight years they have three months so it's really it's not the you know we're not done yet it's not the answer but it's really rewarding to see especially older americans and folks that have been in repayment for 20 years which should have never happened to begin with see their debt erased finally um you know so many of those folks have been paying so much and you see interest build up i mean i think you've barely been borrowing sabrina and you see your interest piling up in the yeah. been a few years yeah yeah so it can i was be scary. able to yeah, I pulled up my account at studentaid.gov, which is where everyone should go to find out their loan types. Just basic student loan information should all be accessible at studentaid.gov. Also, if you want to consolidate, you can do so there. I went to my account at studentaid.gov and saw how much interest had accumulated over the past couple of months, and it was uh, eye-opening, to say the least. I wasn't aware of that, but I know that folks who have been in repayment for many years, I can't even imagine how they must be feeling seeing you know thousands being added on and just feeling like there's no hope because of that. Yeah, and Sabrina, you know, in the SAVE program, they are saying, the Department of Ed is saying they'll retroactively remove that interest. So hopefully you won't have to see, you know, that added or you won't see that added. Um, But I know I went off on a tangent a bit with the consolidation deadline. It's just so important that we give, you know, a snapshot of who this could help. But there's a lot, you know, of other things that have been going on this month. So, you know, what is new this month? Yeah, so this month, and I think it's really important to note, um, there's two things I wanna touch on. The first being, um, there was a recent interview with Rep Clyburn, and I think you touched on it, Natalia, there's been buckets of cancellation here and there, 5 billion here, or 75,000 people having their debt canceled over there. Overall, if we look at what President Biden has done, there has been $136 billion of debt cancellation since he's been in office, which that's more than any other president has done on behalf of borrowers. And so while we haven't seen that broad-based debt cancellation 
for all borrowers, like was originally promised and later struck down by the Supreme Court, we're still seeing a lot of folks benefit and benefiting more than they would have through that original plan that the president had proposed. We just discussed this yesterday. There was a borrower that I spoke with who received $300,000 worth of student debt cancellation. I mean, if she had only received the cancellation that the president had proposed, it would have only been 10 or 20,000. But to see that whole thing wiped away is just like life-changing to say the least. And so, you know, to say that Biden hasn't been taking action, I would say is incorrect because he has been doing these fixes that have amounted to buckets of folks being canceled. But of course, as an organization, we're gonna continue fighting for more and for as many borrowers as possible to get the relief that they deserve. Yeah, and we need to see, you know, it's that word broad-based at cancellation that we had fought so hard for our partners over at Young Invincibles, who's gonna be joining us in a little bit. They have fought really hard for this. We all agree and, uh, you know, 10,000 was never the number we wanted for borrowers. We really went off of Senator Warren, you know, the Warren Clyburn bill. This was prior to COVID for folks that don't remember, but this was to give forgive 50,000 per person. And I would argue that was prior to inflation, right? Life is far more expensive than it was in 2019. So that same 50,000 is more like 85,000 or more to really see life-changing numbers. But we're never going to be mad at loans being canceled or loans being forgiven for folks. And, you know, every chunk of $100 billion that we can keep dripping away from the overall amount, that's, I still see that as winning. But it's really frustrating for those who are running against roadblocks, who aren't getting the forgiveness. We see that that's new this month. We're almost six months into the return to repayment. And people are still struggling. They're not getting answers from their servicers. Frankly, all the reasons we should just cancel debt because the system's a mess. Uh, You know, to quote you, Sabrina, what a mess when it comes to it. But there's, you know, another exciting thing that I know we'll get to. But, you know, if you want to talk, Sabrina, about the announcement based off the, uh, you know, big organizational push. Yes, we have um, in the next segment coming up, we're going to welcome Satra and we're going to talk about this negotiated rulemaking fourth round session. I know there's a lot to chat about today, so definitely stay with us because, you know, there's a lot to learn. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so excited to bring Satra on. So, you know, this is Natalia Abrams and the Student Debt Crisis Center Takeover for the Leslie Marshall Show. So excited to be here. Um, Please stay with us as we, when we come back, we'll be joined by Satra Taylor with Young Invisible. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show, everyone. This is Sabrina Calazans with the Student Debt Crisis Center, and I'm joined by Natalia Abrams. Today, we're taking over for Leslie Marshall and discussing all of the recent developments in the student debt space. But before we get into any additional conversations, I want to introduce today's special guest. Today, we're joined by Satra Taylor. Satra is a passionate educator and lifelong learner, first and foremost. She is also an experienced equity advocate, leveraging policy, partnerships, and research as levers for social change in higher education. Within her career, she has acquired expertise in engaging coalitions, managing collective investments, public speaking, writing for diverse audiences, and equity-focused policy analysis. She's clearly making a very big difference. She has also served as the senior administrator for a social justice grassroots organization, excuse me, leading its strategy on community engagement and organizational impact and effectiveness 
Before that, she led policy strategy for a national policy and advocacy organization, culminating in the restoration of Pell Grants for incarcerated students. At one of the nation's most prominent young adult advocacy and policy organizations, she leads the overall strategy and positioning on higher education and workforce policy issues, such as college affordability, men mental health wellness, student success, and career readiness. Woo, we made it. <laughs> so I was gonna say, AKA, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I am super honored and excited to be here with you all today. Thank you so much for having me. For being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Are you based, something fun? Sure. <laughs> okay, no worries. Hi, everyone. Um, as Sabrina mentioned, I am Satra D. Taylor, the Director of Higher Education and Workforce Policy and Advocacy at Young Invincibles. For those of you who do not know, Young Invincibles is one of the nation's largest young adult advocacy and policy organizations whose whole mission is to amplify the voices of young, adult through, young adults through the political process. I am based in Washington, D.C., but we also have offices in California, Colorado, Illinois, New York, and Texas. We focus on four issue areas, higher education and workforce, which I lead, healthcare, and civic engagement. But we weave in civic engagement throughout the other three issue areas because throughout our young adult programming, we are also focused on empowering young adults to be civically engaged. Um, personally, as Sabrina mentioned, I, am, I hail from Cincinnati, Ohio. I am also an alum of the University of Cincinnati and the University of Michigan. And I'm also a current doctoral student in my part-time at the University of Maryland College Park studying higher education. And fun fact, I am the oldest of six. Oh, wow. wow. See, I love these shows. We get to find out stuff about folks we've worked with for a long time. Um, we met Satra working, you know, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder for the Supreme Court rally a bit before that. And I know Satra at Student Debt Crisis Center, we've been friends with Young Invincibles for well over a decade now. You are absolutely the leader in the young or adults organizing space, like 100%. And, you know, if you're not running a meeting, you're running off to class. So it's really impressive all the work you're doing all the time. So we're just grateful that we get to spend a little extra time with you. Six kids. The oldest of six. So I've, I've always been leading. And I've, I, without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> wow. Well, Satra, I know that in the past we've been, um, you know, in different workshops and different events and things like that. And we've had the opportunity to share our stories of what it means to be a borrower um, and kind of why we believe in, in this work. So what is it for you that um, you're so passionate about um, when it comes to canceling student debt? Well, as I mentioned in my bio, or as you mentioned in my bio, I am a passionate educator and I believe that folks should have access to free education. I do not feel that education should be gatekeep Gatekeep, yeah, should, the gatekeeping that is happening should just not happen. And unfortunately, student debt hinders a lot of students from even pursuing higher education or seeing the benefit add or return of return on investment. And so in not only tackling the student debt crisis, because I have my own student debt, $100,000 worth because of graduate training, which I needed um, as a Black woman in the professional space, um, but also just thinking about the workforce needs of today. We know from research that 65% of jobs require a post-secondary education. And for many students of color, students from low and moderate income backgrounds, student loans are a way for them to maintain their basic needs while they're in college. 
college. And so I'm hoping that Congress, the administration can really figure out how we can address the college affordability crisis in general to ensure that all students have access to a quality higher education. Yeah, I think something we've always frankly leaned on young invincibles to do because we work a lot with folks after they take out the debt, right? We're student debt crisis center and you all work on both. You know, we we say it's a two-pronged approach. We have to take care of this both. We have to take care of the paying for college, but then there's these folks that are 10, 20, 30 years or more out of college still suffering with student debt. And so it's, I know we were talking about the IDR adjustment before you joined, and it's like ridiculous that folks have had 20 years of loans. You know, it's wonderful. It's being finally taken care of, but never should have gotten that bad. And so if we can pay for college at the beginning, we won't have this problem a decade from now. I wholeheartedly agree. And when you think about the shortages that we have as well, I know we are launching, well, we just launched a huge mental health campaign mm. as an organization. And one of the components of our mental health campaign is ensuring that licensed social workers and counselors and therapists have access to repayment programs or even scholarships because this is a need. But again, college affordability stands in the way of many people pursuing this career. And so it is a win-win for all if we can figure out this college affordability crisis, as you alluded to. And Sabrina, I think that ties in with the Clyburn article that you, I mean, didn't uh, Rep Clyburn say the same thing? He did. He said essentially that if we don't address these issues in, in terms of canceling student debt for our teachers and nurses and tackling, you know, those gaps, then what is the point of this all? You know, we need to tackle the student debt crisis. We need to. It is important. It's critical in order for folks to continue um, moving forward and improving their futures. And so, you know, I'm I'm glad that we're we're all aligned in this fight together and continuing to fight for this because it, it really does make a difference. It really does matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what are some of the I know there's a lot of news, you know, happening. I'm wondering if young people have been reaching out with a lot of questions or concerns or are there misconceptions that folks are are coming across with? Yeah. So one of the so if you did not catch it, we actually did a TikTok on all of the things that were happening in the student debt world because there's just mass information. Um, and so one this one myth busting I want to do is that you did anything wrong if you were an administrator forbearance, which I think you all have alluded to um, already. And so it was the fault of the loan servicers. You all did nothing wrong. Um, and the second thing I wanted to allude to is something that is happening this month, which is that the Department of Education had announced that borrowers who are enrolled and save um, with $12,000 or less on their account will also receive relief starting this month with no action on their part. And so we should start seeing some more relief happen in the coming months. And then you mentioned the fourth negotiated rulemaking session. So happy and excited to talk about NEGREG if I can just real quick for a we'll, minute or so. We'll get into it real quick. We're going to get yep. right into that. So hold on. That. Hold on. We're going to go to break, but we'll be right back. There's a lot left to discuss. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Natalia Abrams, and I'm joined by Sabrina Caladan at, at Student Debt Crisis Center and Satra Taylor with Young Invincibles. Before the break, we got to hear a, a lot about the work that Satra is doing with Young Invincibles and all the great work Young Invincibles is doing to advocate for young people across our nation. 
And now we're going to discuss a big announcement that we received in the last couple of days, something I know our organization took part of. But Dr. Yu at Young Invincible did a lot and have just worked a lot on negotiated rulemaking. So please share the announcement. And if you don't mind, just kind of briefly, what is NEGREG? Why should bar student loan borrowers care about these wonky words we're saying right now? I'm so happy you prefaced that it is wonky. And I just want to say I apologize for any of the listeners because I'm going to use some jargon that is unfamiliar to you. But as an educator, I encourage you to jot down the word and look it up later in the dictionary. Um, (laughs) As I provide some political context, so under negotiated rulemaking, the Department of Education works with negotiators to develop an NPRM or what folks call a notice of proposed rulemaking. And this happens in collaboration with representatives um, of parties who were identified by the Department of Education would be affected significantly by the rule or regulation. In this case, following the Supreme Court's decision to rule out or ban um, President Biden from moving forward with his original student debt cancellation plan, President Biden and Secretary Cardona decided to move forward with the Higher Education Act, which requires them to go through this process to establish the new rule. So this is why borrowers should really pay attention to what is happening, because these conversations Um, will then provide a consensus of what the Department of Education will then develop in terms of the final rule for how we will proceed with student debt cancellation moving forward. What what has happened is um, between October and December, um, negotiators and Department of Education held discussions to develop this new rule, but one conversation or one topic did not happen, and that was hardship. And the problem with them not discussing hardship is that millions of borrowers are impacted. We are talking about parent plus bars, low income bars, bars with disabilities, incarcerated bars, and in light, the um, list goes on and on. And so advocates, including SDCC, Student Bar Protection Center, NAACP, and more gather together and say, hey, We have to address hardship and we have to do so before the Department of Education establishes the NPRM, which we anticipate will happen in May. And so we got together and said, well, what are the tools and resources that we have to make this happen? And it was less create a coalition letter. And we got over 60 organizations, including the National um, Action Network, labor unions like FAL, CIO, um, and other prominent organizations to say, hey, we also support their case and that we need to talk about hardship if we're developing any rule. And we also got support from senators and House of Representatives who also submitted a letter to the Department of Education. And we found out that we will have our fourth negotiated rulemaking session. And so it was a huge testament to the power of advocacy, the power of coalition building. And similar, we as we approach our one year of the People's Rally, it's just another example of how powerful powerful we are when the people come together. Yeah, I love that. Um, our, our team had sent out a petition and got almost 10,000 people signing within days before they made the decision. Like, I swear we didn't know when it was coming. We just, it was to simplify it for those folks that may not be borrowers or you don't care what you should, but advocacy worked here. That to me is the like top line that they, it's 
kind of unheard of. I mean, it's not never happened, but to reopen up the rulemaking for an, a fourth meeting. So this was so many people speaking up, you know, our groups getting the Hill to speak up, getting more borrowers to speak up. It's ridiculous. They weren't going to do this to begin with. Um, but it works. And I'm just so proud of all the work you're doing. And we're not done yet. We have a lot more <laughs> work to do. So what's the next steps here? Great question. Great question. So let me first by say, let me first say that the dates for the next negotiated rulemaking session are February 22nd and February 23rd. And negotiated rulemaking sessions are recorded live. So you all can sign up with the um, registration is not open yet. We anticipate registration will open next week, but I encourage you to sign up and watch. It happens from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but if folks are interested in like, how can I get involved? Well, to Natalia's point, the work is not done. So we are also mobilizing bars, um, especially bars who are impacting or um, experiencing hardship to sign up for public comment as well. So between 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on February 22nd, the negotiators will pivot from discussions to hear from the public. You have about three to four minutes to share whatever your concerns are. And this is just a great opportunity to use your voice, um, especially using your voice to the folks who have some impact or some say in the final rule. Yeah, I know that one of the things that I've been hearing from friends of mine, you know, people around my age has been um, Biden isn't canceling debt for young people or isn't canceling debt for me. So how is this an opportunity for young people to make their voices heard and to potentially be included in the student debt relief? I'm so happy you said that because I will be honest, one of the items that I wish the Department of Education would fur went further on is for current students. There is just like young adults in general, there is little for young adults, myself included, to benefit from with all of the recent cancellation. And so it's important for them to hear what you are experiencing. And if you have recommendations, you should also feel inclined to share those recommendations as well. We have templates ready for anyone interested. You can reach out to Sabrina or Natalia or myself, but I'm pretty sure you all have their um, <laughs> contact information. But we want you all to be able to share what is happening. If you are not able to make repayment because of X, Y, and Z, if you have had to delay goals and life milestones, this is crucial for them to hear, to see the hardship is real. And we're not making this up. We're not creating stories. These are the people telling us their experiences. And you're so right about current students. You know, we even saw that with President Biden's plan that was wrongly struck down by the Supreme Court, but that, you know, it there was a cutoff. It, it included some students, but not all students. There's, I'm glad, you know, that is one of these hardship groups or impacted groups that we want to make sure to hear from. Um, but I also think we have to work together with the legislature to make college free. You know, that's the flip side of this as well. Absolutely. Debt-free college. That is what we advocate for. When we, when we think about long-term structural transformation for what Young Invincibles, it is debt-free college. And so I want folks listening to know these are just incremental steps that we're making. And to Natalia's point, we have a long way to go, um, but I do appreciate the work of advocates and policymakers who are trying to figure it out in real time. Satya, we're going to keep talking um, for a little bit longer, but I wanted to give you a chance to like plug where folks can find you at Young Invincibles, where they can go for any of this help or to share their stories at your locations. 
Thank you for that segue. Um, so one, please make sure you all sign up to our listserv. You can go to younginvincibles.org, which is our website. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, Young Invincibles. Um, on Facebook, it is Together Invincibles. And on YouTube, it is Why I Want Change. Um, you can also, if you want to follow me, I am on Twitter, Satra Fierce, because I am a huge Beyonce fan. Um, <laughs> you can also find me on LinkedIn at Satra Taylor, Satra Detail. And uh, the TikToks, that's coming from your account or from Young Invincibles? Young Invincibles. Thank you so much. Also follow Young Invincibles on TikTok. <laughs> I, I'm on TikTok. I call myself a Jillennial, so I'm like between Gen Z and Millennial. <laughs> I'm on TikTok, but I am not on there. I, not yet. <laughs> I, uh, that, yes, I'm a Zennial. I'm between X and Millennial, so I hear you. I think, Sabrina, too, we're all cuspers. That's what we yes, talk about. Definitely. Try to, you know, yep. be the bridge between all the generations. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you're just killing it out there on TikTok, so I wanted to make sure you did a plug. So you can go to Young Invincible's TikTok, but you'll probably be seeing a lot of Satra. And I'm so glad, <laughs> you know, that you're combating all the misinformation because I, I, it drives me nuts when people try to approach this like traditional financial information. Um, there are set federal programs and, you know, it's not the same for other people. So I'm just really glad that you're working on that. And I know we're going to get into more of that in the next segment of just going over the plans again, what folks need to know, what these deadlines are. Super important. We cover that every single time that we do this. Um, just want to give you another shout out for the negreg like to all the groups involved we got this wonky thing done but it just means that we keep fighting towards cancellation in a way um that we've never seen before so we're really excited about this i'm natalia abrams again with the leslie marshall takeover show and we'll be right back after this short break All right, welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Sabrina from the Student Debt Crisis Center, and I'm joined by SDCC's Natalia Abrams and our special guest, Satra Taylor from Young Invincibles. Well, Satra has been alluding to this the whole show, so it's about time we get to it. There is something called the SAVE plan, which is really important, and there have been a lot of different announcements taking place, so we should definitely jump into this. So first thing to note is that Student Debt Crisis Center and Young Invincibles are founding partners in something called the Save on Student Debt Campaign. This is a partnership of the Department of Education, Civic Nation, and other organizations, and we are working to spread the word on the new Save plan. So before we jump in there to this new low balance borrower cancellation, Natalia, can you tell us a little bit about what the Save plan is? So the SAFE plan is a greatly improved repayment program um, that it's part of the income driven repayment programs. I say that because we keep getting asked is SAVE and IDR. It seems like IDR finally caught on and then they changed the name. So it's the SAVE program is an income driven repayment program, meaning it will attach your overall like payment to or your payment to your overall income, not your loan amount. This can be really helpful for folks with really high um, balance loan balances or really low income, a mixture of both. It's, I would say, one of the best programs or that's we've seen that in the times that I've been working here. 
The problem is we've some folks have seen incomes increase. They might see a higher program on save. So we encourage folks to use the navigator, which also can be wonky sometimes at the Department of Education, but you can go and you can compare plans and see what's right for you. The great thing about the SAVE program, especially for undergraduate borrowers, folks that only have undergraduate loans, they're gonna see whatever that payment is today, they'll see that cut in half starting on July 1st. So that's the really big deal with the SAVE program. There's some other great things with low balance borrowers that I know that we're, we've been touching on. If you have less than 12,000 originally, you could see your debt canceled after 10 years. And the goal with these programs is that after 20 or 25 years, your loans will be gone. You could feasibly have a $0 payment that entire time if your income didn't change. And that just gives us time as advocates and workers in the space to get your debt canceled as soon as possible and make sure that you have that low, low dollar payment every month while we're working hard to change the laws. You touched upon this earlier in the show, and I want to make sure we emphasize this, the interest portion in the SAVE plan. You mentioned that this was retroactive. Can you talk a little bit about that and what folks can expect? Yeah, so the other, thank you, because that's another huge part of the SAVE program. So besides people wanting to cancel student debt, the second thing we hear at Student Debt Crisis Center is get rid of all of this compounded and ridiculous interest that's being added to my account. So the SAVE program, as long as you're making monthly payments, even if they're zero dollars, the government is going to pay that unpaid interest. Well, it takes a while for the wheels to get moving right on the machine. So unfortunately, borrowers, including Sabrina, are seeing interest attached, you know, accrue right now month to month. We are being told all the time that this is going to be retroactively removed. I don't know when. As soon as we know when, we'll be screaming it from the mountaintops. But it will be removed and trust me i mean i think we could all vow right here here that we will raise hell <laughs> if that yep. doesn't happen because that is part of the save program that's part of the provisions is that you should not see your balance go up while you're on this repayment program great flag sabrina absolutely and sacha so for these folks at these low balances what can they expect who does this benefit Go for it. <laughs> so it benefits all folks, to be honest with you. We're talking about save. So if you, I strongly encourage folks to check it out, apply, and see what the balances are. Um, and I shouldn't say all folks, majority of folks will have um, lower loan balances. And you may be eligible to the relief that we mentioned earlier in the segment, where if you have $12,000 or less, you may be eligible for full relief. Um, but there are also other repayment plans um, that may fit you, but definitely strong, strongly encourage you to check out SAVE and just see if the payments are within your price range. And then if it is not, I always like to plug the on-ramp. So the on-ramp, which the Department of Education established last year, allows borrowers to miss payments, though your balance still accrue, um, but you will not see any negative um, impact such as collections or anything of that sort, because we know not everyone can afford repayment right now. So if SAVE is not the best plan for you or any of the other plans, please take advantage of the on-ramp. Absolutely. That's really, really important to know. We have heard from folks who have said they can't afford their monthly payment. They don't know what to do. So the on-ramp is an option. That is a really great flag. Um, just thinking to that low balance borrower announcement and just some things that I think are really important to note. This is based on your original 
balance borrowed. So this is not what your current balance looks like. That is completely different. As Natalia said, the interest has been accumulating for so many folks. And so you might've started out with 10,000, maybe today it looks like you have 30,000, but it's based on that original $10,000 balance that you borrowed. Um, also, you have to have been in repayment for at least 10 years in order to benefit from that. And it'll go up for each extra $1,000 above 12,000. It'll take up to an, another additional year to pay that off up to a certain point. You won't pay more than 20 years if you have only undergraduate debt. And if you have if you have graduate or a combination of the two, it's 25 years repayment. That is just another really important thing to know when it comes to that. Um, we have been talking about it at our org. We're excited, um, you know, for folks who maybe started school and weren't able to finish to get this relief. Folks who went to community college who had low balances to get this sort of relief. Um, you know, older folks, um, folks who have been paying for a really long time. Um, we know that black women are the women with the highest balances or who have been in repayment for the longest times. I actually spoke with a woman who is set to get her debt canceled through this program. Um, and she is so excited. Um, so I'm, I am excited with her. I can't wait for her to benefit from this, but it's been a long time coming. She had a balance of $7,000 and she's been paying that for years and it just doesn't go down. It just stays at the 7,000. And so for someone to finally get this relief is just really encouraging news for folks. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and as we all have been saying, Oh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, uh, just to, to interject, uh, we know too, just from data, and and not to throw you on the spot, Satra, but if you know the data that like a lot of uh, borrowers with low balances tend to default more than those with high balances, you know, and so that's where I think, thank goodness for this provision. Like no one who went to some college or who has been borrow borrowing 20, 30 years because the cost of college was so cheap back then that the original loan balance is 12000 or just takes a few classes for personal development should be then buried with defaulted debt that the, destroys their credit. And, you know, it goes on and on and on how bad it gets for borrowers when that happens. You know, luckily, we're in a period of time right now that no one is going to default because of that on-ramp. So we're going to take care of the low-balance borrowers. We're going to take care of borrowers who have been in repayment 20, 25 years. But you both touched on it earlier. We got to do more for young folks and not and not just on the paying for college side. Like, how do we make re-entering repayment as easy as possible, as quick as possible? That 12,000, uh, you know, just to point out, it's not just for borrowers who have been borrowing for 10 years. If you only accumulate 12,000 in debt going forward or less then your repayment period would be 10 years instead of 20 or 25 years for grad students. So that's something to know too, that you're not gonna have this lifetime of debt for taking a couple of classes. And I also, when you were talking about data and research, it did make me want to flag um, some research, recent research that came from an inter interdisciplinary team of econ economists and law scholars at the University of California Student, law law student Loan Law Initiative. <laughs> Um, long word, um, <laughs> they looked at the specific markers of hardship to pinpoint the amount of debt that causes this hardship to individuals. And so if we have any wonky folks listening in, I strongly encourage you to check out that research too that really examines um, hardship from a high level perspective, but provides some great recommendations as well to how to tackle it. Yeah, that is absolutely really interesting. Definitely something worth checking out. Um, and. You know, the work continues for all of us. We all have been fighting for these changes and we've been seeing it happen. So we have to continue 
you know, advocating and, and doing our part. I just want to plug some things for SDCC and Sasha, feel free to plug some things as well. We are currently circulating a survey for folks on our mailing list, and we are hoping to get thousands of responses and, you know, hear what borrowers have been experiencing these past six months. We are also going to be hosting a workshop on February 22nd. We will be circulating that as well and want to see, Sasha, if there's anything you want to plug. Yes, I will be very quick. So we kind of touched on this, which was mental health related, but I did want to flag that the impact of student debt is absolutely related to mental health and is actually under discussed with something we are bringing to the, the limelight. Why I is looking at advocacy around mental health this year from a lot of different angles, specifically the impacts of student debt. And so look out um, if you're look out for more information on that um, from us and make sure you're signed up on our listserv, youngevincibles.org. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sadra. Thank you everyone for tuning into the SDCC takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. If you want to learn more about our work, visit studentdebtcrisis.org. I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. Take care and see you next time.